everyone. Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Erica. I'm sorry. I was like that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the 1963 Alfred Hitchcock film, The Birds. So, enjoy. So there we go. Enjoy. Solid intro. What if they don't enjoy? What if they're like, they don't want to? That's pretty rude of you to just tell them they have to. Fucking hate this shit. Dude, people <laughs> want choices. Okay? People love choices. You make them feel like they're they're choosing. Alright. Sierra's a psychologist now, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. So, The Birds was released in 1963. It was directed by Alfred Hitchcock and starred Tippi Hedren as Melanie Davis. I just watched this movie like 20 minutes before we got on, so. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, she goes to the town of Bodega Bay where birds start attacking the townspeople. That's, that's the movie. That's, that is the movie. <laughs> There's nothing like uh, seeing birds attack children. <laughs> Before we get into it, I do want to get in. Uh, Larry, you brought it up a little bit about Af- Alfred Hitchcock being kind Why of... Why do you want to get into that? Because I, I feel you, like it's a, it's a good well, way to explain it's not people. Really, it's not like, really like that exactly, but like looking into like Tippi Hedren's life, she has had the fucking like worst luck with people, I guess. Uh, after they had made this movie, Alfred Hitchcock made another movie called Marnie which she was supposed to get an Academy Award for, but Alfred Hitchcock pursued her in a relationship, I will say, sexual advances, and uh, she turned him down, so he blocked her from getting the Academy Award. How did he do that? Uh, he, I guess, asked them to not give it to her, and... Well, they- uh, this was this was in a different time with film, this was during the time of the studio system um, where, you know, a lot of these films are still done by these major studios, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a lot more open-ended than it was in the mid to late 60s uh, in the sense that, you know, you could easily blackball somebody and they would never really be able to work again. Alfred Hitchcock discovered Tippi Hedren uh, from a commercial she did for diet soda and uh he immediately said i want her find that girl and his people you know searched her out they found her they ended up signing her to a seven uh year contract before she ever even met alfred hitchcock alfred hitchcock was and this is just an aside alfred hitchcock was born august 13th 1899 and by the time he was in his late 60s is when he had kind of gotten his own creative freedom as a director uh, up to that point he had made he made the first uh talking film in england and uh, then he eventually made his way to america he had started working with a man i, I believe it's selznick who was in control of his work and essentially would hire him out for a fraction of the amount that he was actually making for him. And eventually Alfred Hitchcock was able to acquire enough prestige behind his name and get out of that contract and renegotiate to the point where he was completely independent. Um, 1960s psycho was one of the first of those films. He was able to take a gamble and um, make a film for, relatively no money that made all of the fucking money and made him a voice that could not be ignored. Uh, 
at that point, he had already been doing Alfred Hitchcock Presents. That's where uh, Vera Miles actually got a lot of her work, was working on Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And, you know, eventually, because he had signed her uh, very much like he had signed Tippi Hedren to these exclusive contracts where she could only work with him. And that was because Ingrid Bergman, um, who was his initial muse, stepped away from the business and he was floundering for a period of time, um, getting, trying to find that next inspiration. So, you know, that's basically what had happened. He was locked into this seven year contract with Tippi Hedren. Uh, the relationship between the two was combustive almost from the jump. Um, the, the scene in the birds where she's up in the attic and she's being attacked by the birds was shot over seven days. They used actual birds. The birds were actually pecking and scratching her. Uh, so some of that blood was very real. And, yeah, I heard, um, I think I read too that he had told her that the birds weren't going to be real. So when she first showed up to do that scene, she actually did start getting attacked. And she said that, she had said that working with him was like very toxic and like just a shitty environment in general. It seems like everybody who works with Alfred Hitchcock like, said that, yeah. sucks. He sucks. His movies might be alright, but he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he did have that reputation, especially with like his lead yeah. actresses, yeah. And, and you know, there's this reoccurring theme that I don't know if you guys were picking up on when you were watching The Birds, but there's constantly um, a very peculiar relationship with women, but also with mothers. They're always kind of domineering characters yeah. in his films. Uh, that is because he himself had a very domineering mother. And a lot of his films were reflections of his own inadequacies and fears. And that's why you see him working with certain people a lot. Uh, you know, specifically uh, Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Ingrid Bergman. Um, you know, there there's only a handful of people that he worked with once and would flat out not work with again. Janet Lee being one. Uh, partially because the fact that when they released Psycho, it was such a shock moment that anything else they would have done together would have automatically been associated with Psycho. Yeah. So he had told her flat out, I, you know, w- will not work with you again just because of that, that association. Uh, another thing with Tippi Hedren that I had read was um, she was friends with William Peter Blatty who wrote the Exorcist book. Mm -hmm. Um, She was Mm -hmm. friends with him before the Exorcist was ever even published. So he gave her a copy of the book before it had been published or anything. And she read it and she convinced her husband at the time, um, who was a publisher, to get the book published. So she was kind of the reason for the success. Um, After the movie had been made they were supposed to get a percentage, like 15% of the film's revenue, and they didn't get any. So it caused a lot of conflict between Tippi Hedren and her husband, and it led to their divorce. So later on, um, William Peter Blatty, like, would try to get in contact with her, or talk to her, and she just... What's her real name? Tippi ain't her real name. No, Tippi's not her real name. That's- Tippi is an old name, though. Like, an actual old name that people... Like, like Maud. Maud. My favorite is Hattie. Hattie. Uh, her name, she was born 
Natalie K. Hedron. Okay, that's yeah, like, I'd go with Tippy. I think I, I think I read her she sister gave her her sister gave her the nickname Tippy. Can we talk about the lead actor that kind of looked like Robin Williams a little bit? It was really weird. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams swag for days. It's weird though, like because he like looked like Robin Williams, and when he's off screen, like there's parts where he sounded like Robin Williams, and then like his facial expressions were very Robin Williamsy, and I was just like. This hurts to watch. Like, yeah, it's like I've been, sad. I've been having a really hard time watching Robin Williams movies since the incident. Since he killed himself, and it's just really sad. At one point during the movie, he said "Nanu Nanu" to one of the birds, mm-hmm. and it, you know, flew away. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh God, this relates so much." No, I'm just. We're committed. Nobody, nobody. Gotta know your room. Nobody else. We're committed. Okay, moving on. No, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> Mork and Mindy was where he played the alien. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. But That's I, why you didn't introduce that? No, I didn't. Oh. I was it's like, yeah, and then it... But, um, yeah, I couldn't get past the fact that he looked like... And then, like, randomly he'd look like other actors, too. He's just got one of those faces, I guess. I didn't like him. Time travel. I kept seeing aspects of Antonio Banderas when he was looking serious. <laughs> and when he was just, you know, casual, I would see some uh, Chandler from Friends. So... I always saw Robin Williams. Very versatile. Very, very versatile. <laughs> yeah. I think that this movie, I it didn't bore me, but I think that it's um, the storyline is very not there. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say it's not there. I would say it's hard in this time that we live in to watch this and find it scary. scary. Yeah, I've seen. I watched it as a kid, and it scared the shit out of me. This movie scares the shit out of my mom to this day. When I was little, it did. I was actually, because Sarah and I were talking about irrational fears. I actually brought this up to Dylan. Remember I told you I couldn't, we had, I had an irrational fear of friggin' of quicksand and me and Sarah were talking about it. And it's like one of those things that you get like so hyped up when you were younger and it's really not as serious as you thought it was when you were a kid. But my other one was killer bees. (laughs) And when I watched Killer Bees first and then after that is like it was a while after that is when I saw Birds mm-hmm. and I only got through like part of it before I had to turn it off and you're like nope I was not, like, not no, scared of birds uh, I can't do it it scared people when it came out too for sure and I know that uh, they had played tricks at the premiere too like they had speakers outside of the premiere so when people left the building you they would the play birds. the speaker yeah um it's it, just I don't a creepy think you thought. Cool like, like it's anymore. a creepy thought to think about. I, I guess, don't think like, it's any... that creepy. I'm like, yeah, you're a fucking bird. Like if it no, was like, like okay, a group if it was of like, them, though. okay, if it was like hawks coming down at me, I'd probably be like, oh fuck, that's a big ass bird. I don't but, know. Like, I don't know. Have you ever gotten bit by one of those little fucking parakeets at the at the pet store? <laughs> you want to like whip it across the room, but then you're like, I mean, nah, I'm okay, going to jail for animal okay, cruelty. Let's really think about this, okay? So we'll we'll go back to the scene where um, Tippy. Gets attacked by the birds in the room, and she's like all cut up, and they're like, "Oh, she's got to go to the hospital." Like they were very, very, very mild wounds. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just gonna like <laughs> you you need band aids. You don't need. I feel like yeah. I feel like if it was more of like a predatorial bird, like a a hawk or an eagle, it'd be or scarier. Like, yeah. I did. I got like, bit by a seagull, and that shit sucks. Did you How the know? fuck did you get bit by a seagull? God knows what this fucking <laughs> asshole. Those are dicks, you guys. But like in the in the room of of birds that she got attacked in, I, I'm pretty sure one of one was a white owl. Maybe. If you look, that'll fucking. It hurt. was like right in the middle, and it like it. I felt like it showed it a couple times, but yeah, there was that. I'm owls sure got big old talons. They will tear your ass up. But, but most of the birds were 
There was crows, crows and crows seagulls, and, seagulls, and, seagulls. Yeah. and they had they said another one too. They had a they had trained. Well, not trained for the movie, but they had brought on 3,200 trained birds to film the movie. Oh my gosh, but like any clips where they showed the town from above and they added the birds in afterwards yeah. looked ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm trying to be nice because it's an older movie and you really can't be like, oh, these effects, but like, it was really hard not yeah, to be like, there oh, Yeah, but there effects. are some older movies than this that have better effects. <laughs> I think it's just... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's funny because when we put what it was on... The, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. When we put it on at the top of it, it's like, Alfred Hitchcock says this is the scariest movie he's made yet. And this came out after Psycho. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Alfred? <laughs> You're lying. You're wrong! <laughs> um, what was it? Do you know how long this was filmed in? I don't. Larry? Larry, do you know? Do you know how long oh. it took to film this? Well, if it took him seven days just to film the two-minute scene... Scene, yeah, it was probably I, a long time. Let's say seven days times 15. I, I would go, if I were to over-under this, I'd say 90 days, maybe maybe 100. Because 100 you, days? you got to think setup time and everything like that. You're working with birds. It's very, you know, technically exhaustive work. It's, I it's, wonder if they had to film certain scenes before other scenes, specifically to get scenes with the birds done and the birds gone. Yeah. They, well, probably, they probably didn't rent them out for the entire thing. You know, they probably didn't pay for them. They probably paid for them, shot all the bird scenes, and then, yeah, and then shot around them from there. You, you also got to think, you know, uh, and Hitchcock had said this, that, you know, that wasn't the most intriguing portion to him. It was the the human interactions that the the birds was technically a challenge, um, and essentially what he would do is try to you know just capture like ten to twenty seconds of footage, and then with the things where it's actually them attacking people, what they would do is mm. they would put like meat in their hair, and they would also attach them to ropes or you know like strings to make sure that they didn't fly away because that's got to be the biggest issue itself is you know you're you're letting these birds out what 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 the fuck do you think a bird's gonna do a bird's gonna fucking bounce <laughs> bye so, you know because it's, it's a wild fucking animal you, you can only train something so much even if you train a bird from fucking you know an egg you know the second that they're out in the open air they're bouncing they're they're 86 in themselves yeah, you know, I don't so, know because there's messenger pigeons. They always do a good like job the, of listening. For like the hawks that they, they use hawks for um, hunting. The, that's yeah, like that'd be the, the most badass, badass thing yeah. I've ever like seen. Like with a leather glove, go hawk. Yeah, that's what they do. The Mongolians, I think it was the Mongolians that started it. Like that was like, like their big old thing. I just picture like a, a hawk picking up like a full grown deer. Pic- no, you know what I'm picturing? <laughs> I brought you food. I'm master. picturing the hunt from Mulan with the hawk on his arm. Yeah, that's what I picture. That's why I think that's I think that they were like the ones that really like honed the whole. That's just so fucking badass. Animals of prey for um. I want a hawk for hunting. That's the only way you can have one because I wanted an owl for like a really long time, and the only you way you can have one is if you have a um, if you have a uh, it's like a uh, some sort of like special hunting license to hunt with a bird of prey. But yeah, how rad was Jessica Tandy in this film? The, no, she played the mom, right? Yeah, she was the mom. Yeah. Oh. She no, I don't know. She scared me, man. She was like, mm. it was like I was like, oh no, that's my mom. She's scary. <laughs> the, the scene where she goes into the house and she finds fucking the dude with his eyes gouged out. 
That fucking scene's terrifying. Eye <laughs> because... gouging scares the shit out of me. Like, there's something about that. Like, just getting your eyeballs dug out, dude, freaks me out. That's my dream way to kill someone. Pecked out, dug out, clawed out, any sort of, any of the above. No, there were a few scenes in this movie that I do what say. What about spooned out? Why I didn't, well, I didn't find it scary. There were definitely, like, eerie moments. Like, when the birds are attacking the house, uh, when the fucking door, like, the fucking... Mm-hmm. Birds are pecking through the door. I was like, all right, that's pretty crazy. The lights go out. I think that this movie was really, really... There was really cool aspects to it. It's just like, finding it scary is hard for me just because of the time period change. But the acting in it was really good. And the scenes that were, like, interaction, like Larry was saying, like, the personal interaction in there is really, really great. really good, yeah. And, like, I was interested in it the whole time. It was just like... It was almost like watching, like Dylan said it too, it was almost like watching a zombie movie, but instead of zombies, it was birds. Yeah. I'm it's zombie kind of, Yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely, I don't think this that, is, like, this is the I could understand, like, where they were coming from during that time with it being, like, scary and, and creepy, but I, I think with us, they're just, it boils down to the whole desensitize the shit thing, that it's, like, I wonder if that's why my the least of my fears are fucking birds. To my hair when I was little. See, I, I... I understand where you guys are coming from, like, the whole interaction. Like, the acting was great. The interactions, they seemed genuine, to like, for the most part. But... Oh, my God, that, I love the captain. <laughs> he that, was cool as fuck. And the, uh, the whole bird aspect of it, it felt like they could have been two different movies. Yeah. Like, Hitchcock could have made a fucking romance movie about this girl going to meet this guy at Bodega Bay, and then they could have had With another totally birds. separate movie of birds attacking a town, and it would have been... Fine. I, honestly, I think it would have been better because I think two hours for this movie was way too long. You wouldn't have watched yeah. either of those movies, though. Eh, maybe. <laughs> I, I really thought that the relationship that they had with uh, Melanie, uh, Annie, and Mitch, that, that you know, that three-way fucking relationship where it's, you know, he initially has this relationship with Annie, and Mama you know, says she, no. She uses Melanie as, or Melanie uses her as her end to get there with Mitch. Mitch is kind of, uh, which which also, you know, harkens back to it being a different time period, because you know she's just painted as this foolish young girl, even though you know she's clearly trying to avoid all of those perceptions that are, you know, given to her. And, you know, she is obviously interested in Mitch, but it, it's done in a way where she seems much more vulnerable than just being a person. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, in the sense that, you know, like the scene where they're in the the bird store, he's aware of who she is, and he's making her look the fool, and that's his way of winning her over. Because she is willing to then, you know, drive from San Francisco to Bodega Bay with these birds that she purchased for his sister, you know, just so she could see him again. Yeah. And and that's that's showing the difference in the way that you know, women were treated cinematically at that point as opposed to now. Where it would be him chasing after her, not the other way around. That's a good point. I did, I found it kind of weird that she like went knocked on Annie's door 
And Andy's just like, yeah, you could stay here and hang out. <laughs> I don't know you very well. She has a what? Or how about she just barged into that dude's house, like, yeah. nobody's home, walks in, doesn't even knock. And, like, like, like no, fuck that, stay out of my house. Quit being a creep. Knock. Maybe I'll let you in. Let me decide. Also, I think it's very interesting that uh, her character's name in the film is Melanie and her daughter's name is Melanie. She's Her daughter's Melanie Griffith. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. grabbed that. Melanie and, Griffith. Uh, another funny thing is her granddaughter is the actress who plays the lead in Fifty Shades of Grey in those films. Oh, God, I hate uh, her. Dakota yeah, Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Oh, so God. John Johnson's her dad, right? She literally, you know, was in a very Fifty Shades of Grey kind of relationship, only for her granddaughter to play a character in in an actual Fifty Shades of Grey relationship. (laughs) It's just, that that is interesting to me, specifically because of the sordid relationship that she had had with Alfred Hitchcock, Mm -hmm. in the sense that he was obsessed with her and uh, did very uncomfortable, awful things in the time that she was with him um, to the point that she was willing to sacrifice her acting career just to get away from him. Yeah. That's horrible. It is. It's shitty, too. Like, we give Alfred Hitchcock so much praise for the things that he's, like, the films that he's made. Yeah. But but in real life, he was a shitty person. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she even to... You know, go further off of that. Really, she would always say, "You know, I was able to separate the man from the artist, and he was a he was a fantastic artist, but he was an awful man." And yeah. you know that that says something about his ability. And you know, he's beloved. He's you know, the Alfred Hitchcock presents does wonders for his his personal. Um, outlook, you know, by most people, most people look at him as this, you know, jovial fat man that, you know, made them smile, uh, while doing these very sinister things. But he was doing genuinely sinister things behind the scenes. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to separate those two things. And, and it, it's a constant, uh, thing that I think we are all, having to deal with more so now than in any other time in our history is being able to separate the artist from the person. And, you know, you look at people like uh, Victor Salva, (laughs) Jackson, you know, R. Kelly, Chris Brown, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name, the uh, Weinstein... Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's Danny Masterson. You know, countless people. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Like, what am I supposed to not like? Uh, usual Suspects now because he raped boys. Like it, that shit's fucked. Like, yeah, it's, it's really fucked. And, and you know, you you want to be able to, you know, take a stand and say, you know, fuck that guy and everything he was associated with, but. If you look at entertainment, 90% of entertainment was made by awful human beings. Yeah. And I, and I don't I don't mean to make your episode of The Birds where we're making all these 
fucked up jokes and being silly and all this stuff into a very politicized conversation. But I think, I think it's, it's important to bring. I up. think it is important. No, it is. And like, like you were just saying, like um, recently, I just got into it with somebody about um, brand new. Um, yeah. I was talking a girl yeah, I know. The pop punk scene isn't even safe. <laughs> um, it, I I don't know what kind of music you listen to, Larry. So Dylan and I and Sierra all pretty much have like the same music taste, and uh, we're really into this uh, band, um, brand new. They're an older band, and um, he got hit with some some really that he he, he was like, yeah, it's he. Weird. I mean, he straight up admitted what he did, and he he took advantage of this some is the child porn dude. No, 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 no. Not child porn. He, um, he took advantage of young fans of his, and he would. They were like what, 15, 15 16, sixteen. He 17. was in his twenties, and he would. He first off, he was flying them to meet him. So where the fuck are your parents? That they're just yeah. like, I'll catch you later. Have fun. Um, but you know, I'm not. That's I'm not trying to you know victim shame or say you know that he was in the right because he wasn't. But um. I, I was listening to some of their music the other day, and um, a girl I know was... Don't you uh, feel like he lies to you? Like, I listen to it, and I'm like... Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I was telling Dylan, there's a couple of his songs where I was like, I sent them to Dylan, I was like, he was writing what he was doing in his song lyrics. Well, like, how the fuck did you shit. not catch on? Like, yeah. in, um... <coughs> what but, fucking movie was it that we covered? Clown House, that Victor oh Salva made. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, so we watched Clown House before we had known... About what Victor Selva did, and then we watched it again after we had known what he did. And it is so obvious that he is has a weird thing with with boys. children. Yeah. yeah, it does. But like, it's it's one of those things. Like, yes, what he did was shit. But does that make mean that his music is garbage or their their films are garbage? It's it's hard to because it's hard to say that you don't like it. Like Jeepers Creepers, for one, we've discussed it. I I loved that movie, especially like as as a teen watching it with like mm-hmm. my friends and stuff. It that movie fucking creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Is he a shitbag? Absolutely. Am I still going to watch the movie? Probably. Well, the thing is, though, is that there's people that are are decent that are involved with the making of exactly, and it's not their fault that the person who directed it was a fucking scumbag. It's shitty, man. It's shitty, and I'm sorry, I don't know. Conscious of the fact that they're working with a child molester, though. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in that sense, yeah. Rose McGowan, who is the poster child for this Me Too movement, uh, self self opposed or self addressed made herself the the main focal point of this movement. Yeah. You know worked with Victor Selva. She was aware of what he did and she, you know, basically was like, meh, I had to get paid. Like she's she's turned the other cheek post, you know, working with him and said, you know, I heard glimmerings of that, but I, you know, was working, I was doing a job. And now she's But you're going to call out every other person who does the same shit? Now she's shaming people for doing literally the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And that's that's the problem is that, you know, with all of these things coming into the uh, mainstream consciousness that we we have to come up with a way to punish people for doing these things because they're awful things mm-hmm, and they absolutely. should not be able to continue to use their power and ability to do these things to other people because if you if you condone it 
if you allow them to continue to work in this field, they will not ever change their ways. The, the system will only fix itself if you make those hard decisions. But that being said, are you, are you putting money in that person's pocket by watching their work? At that point, is piracy the, the correct course of action? If you want to watch Jeepers Creepers 3, steal it. That's my stance on it. Yeah. No, don't watch Jeepers Creepers 3. It looks like shit anyway. I heard it. I didn't watch Jeepers Creepers 3. But I, I have heard no. Was... No, after Jeepers Creepers 2, I'm done. Jeepers, yeah, the second one was garbage anyway. You had your one anyway, fucking but... movie and you're a scum of the earth. I don't fucking want to see the rest of your bullshit. I heard a rumor, too. I, I mean, I didn't watch the movie, so I don't know. But um, I heard that in Jeepers Creepers 3, there is a character played by a female who was, like, molested by her dad or something. And she's pretty much, like defending the dad on it or they like defended the dad or something I don't know how true it is because I haven't watched the movie but I was like if that is true like dude you're a fucking scumbag I just <laughs> like, don't just understand how, how these people are known to do these things like Victor Salva Alfred Hitchcock you know that they've done these things how are you still giving them jobs how are you still putting them in a position where they could work with children or people that they may molest or rape how is that okay how do you feel okay about yourself doing that and allowing that i don't i don't i i it disgusts me but a little we got a little off topic but i I guess the main point that i was trying to make was like alfred hitchcock would not have survived in making films today yeah absolutely not No, yeah he obviously would have because victor salva's still making movies yeah but look how big he was before like, Jeepers Creepers 3 is not getting as much attention as Jeepers Creepers 1 did. I don't think that has anything to do with what he did. I think that has to do with that his movie. Oh, no, out. it absolutely does. They, it does. They There's were, more people standing against it. release it, and people protested. They were supposed to do a premiere at Man's Chinese Theater. People were protesting it so much they pulled the premiere, which, yeah. you know, fucking why would they even? Good. Why would they even think that that, like... The fact that that was even a possibility is 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 a problem. Exactly, and and that's the thing is, you know, you you have to, you know, if you're against something, and and this goes with anything in in the realm of entertainment, you have to speak with your wallet. Mm-hmm. If you are sick and tired of seeing superhero movies, which I, that, that's a constant fucking complaint I hear. In, on social media, or you know, remakes or sequels. Stop going you know, to see them. We just talked about this on the Psycho episode I did with you. We talked about you know the Saw ma- movies and stuff. Everybody bitching about it, but then they just go. They go and watch them anyway. Yeah. And you're still feeding that that whole fucking. You're just feeding it with your money. I don't mind superhero movies. Eh. Oh, I'm over them. Avengers. What? <laughs> but, I, I am not a big Avengers fan. We're but, DC people. Sorry, but. The new Infinity War trailer they let out today, fucking solid. Back yeah. to the birds. <laughs> Back we to the birds. suck at this. We suck at the birds, guys. <laughs> I feel like I mean, there's not a lot. Like there is a lot, but there's not a lot. Like I think the, the, that... the the plot for the movie isn't very dense. There's not a lot to it. Um, the acting was solid. The acting was solid. Um, the effects weren't hundred percent. Tippy. Yeah. Tippy? <laughs> Fucking, maybe one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. She's gorgeous. She's. Mm. I love when Sarah fangirls over the lady actress. And I'm not. <laughs> I people. I, I I secretly dig chicks. So. 
No, I'm kidding. But um, she does jump in my bed a lot. That explains it. We do cuddle a lot. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> I've got problems. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's absolutely gorgeous, and I, uh, I liked, I liked the movie. I did. I just thought that the birds. Yeah. I like it for what it it's is, and it's period. a classic, and yeah. I feel like you kind of I have can to appreciate see it. what it is exactly, and you can exactly. That's the best way to. But here's what I said to Sierra. For what it here's what I said about it. Here's what I said to Sierra. We suck at this. Here's what I said to Sierra. Alfred Hitchcock made a movie about birds attacking a town, critically acclaimed, one of the best movies ever made. M Night Shyamalan makes a movie about plants attacking people. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> We can't keep these double standards, guys. Well, you also gotta think if M. Night Shyamalan was working in the era of Alfred Hitchcock, he would probably be received a different way. I think probably he would be received is. better. I think he would. Yeah. I agree, yeah. I mean, if Alfred Hitchcock released the birds today, it wouldn't get... Hey, Larry, you wanna hear something funny? What's up? Sarah, say M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> No, I'm not doing it. Please. What are you going to do when we do the M. Night Shyamalan episode? M. Night Night Shyamalan. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite thing in the world. I love when we play cards against humanity and she gets that card and she has to throw it down. It's my all-time favorite. I love how timid she was when she said it, too. Because I laugh about this shit way too much. They make fun of me but, a lot, uh, Larry. It's not nice. It's okay. Siwa. Why are you looking at me? I'm not the only one, Siwa. <laughs> it's okay, Siwa. Alright. Larry, you're fucking lucky you're on the other side of the fucking country. You don't want to throw it's something like, at the microphone nope, again? Steven. <laughs> what? He said that one's for you, Steven. Nah, Steven's he's not. not. He's Steven's not worth too. my time. But, um, yeah, no, there, there were scenes in this movie. I'll drive 12 hours and we'll possess. <laughs> I will pay. I will. I will be. I'll be. I'll do it in the guy. pantry too. I just pictured her kicking in the pantry and just like whooping his ass. Steven's in there with his cell phone with the re- recording mic. <laughs> Guys, I hear a loud sound. Fuck, Sarah, how'd you get here? With a with a fucking flip flop, beat him with a flip flop. That is my go to. Is it hitting people with flip flops? I swear to you. That that was learned from my mom. That's an ancient art of flip flop throwing. But um, another scene, iconic scene in this movie that I do want to talk about before we jump into ratings, um, the school scene where the that kids are running. Looks like a creepy ass church. Yeah, mm-hmm. setting for that part was fucking everything. Yeah, they picked the perfect setting for that, and it did give it an eerie feel to it. My thing with it was if they would have stayed in the classroom, there wouldn't have been a fucking problem. But Tippy comes in and goes, yo, we need to get these kids out of here. Let's run down the street where the, <laughs> where the birds are. <laughs> we got the best solution. I feel like I would have done the same fair, thing. they were literally crashing through the windows in the scene prior where the guy got his fucking eyes hollowed out. I guess that's true. And we'll give it they to were you, in Tippy. a room of nothing but glass. <laughs> so... And there was a shit ton of blackbirds all over that play structure. They were crows. The, the, the way that they set that up, the, and and this is something that Hitchcock would say is that you know you you don't you don't just say 
oh, there's going to be a bomb that explodes right before the bomb explodes. You say five minutes before there's a bomb that's going to explode. And you you tick away and you build the tension to that moment rather than, you know, just giving that moment. And I, 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 I will say this. That is an intense fucking scene. Mm-hmm. From the point that she puts that cigarette out and, you know, she's seeing those birds to the point that they're running down that street, like, it's predicated on that building of the tension. Yeah. And, and that's what, why this film still holds up as being a classic, is that, you know, it's not, not just gratification. And, and I think modern audiences are so, you know, preconditioned to constant gratification that the, the slow burn approach is boring to them. And, you know, that's kind of the issue is that this is this is a film for a different time frame where yeah. the focus was was set on these kind of precedents and he's he created those precedents uh, so where it isn't you know perhaps the cup of tea for maybe most of us w- reviewing this film uh, I will stand away from that you know because I personally love this movie um but it's not to say that this is by any stretch of the imagination a bad film it's just that you know it's not the same you know direction that is currently the norm which is instant gratification you know uh, jump scares you know a, a thousand creepy moments you know punctuated with a jump scare uh, that's that's the way that the horror genre is now is that you know rather than relying on the tension of the moment it's you know what's something scary that we can have jump out of the screen like i i saw this video on fucking facebook the other day um where it's like an anaconda you know and it, it's draped across all these trees and yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody's fucking seen these things where they're like, oh, you gotta watch till the end. And then at the end, of course, the, the fucking snake jumps up at the screen and you're supposed yeah. to go, Ugh! And, you know, but you're, you're ready for it now. You're, you're constantly like, oh, nope, scrolling past. I don't, I don't need something to jump out at me. It's like opening the, uh, the biscuits, the, the Pillsbury biscuits and knowing that they're gonna go poof. And I love doing still, that. Regardless of you know the fact that you know it's going to happen, you, we have you a friend who jump. shares videos all the time, and when you click them, it's porn noises. Yeah, and I just Say know that again? no scruff. Oh. And every time he posts a video now, I know better. I don't yeah, click that fucking video because <laughs> I've done it at work several times. Click that thing when you got headphones on in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but um. No, I, I, I see what you're saying as far as it not working with today's audiences, but I'm gonna kinda disagree a little bit because I don't mind slow burn movies. I mean, we've reviewed we plenty it. of, I, I, usually, typically I, I prefer them, and we reviewed- House of the Devil was one that was really great. Yeah, well, we've reviewed a, like quite a bit of movies that were slow burns, especially during our decades in horror months, mm-hmm. but this movie, I just don't, I, there were scenes that I appreciate, like the school scene, the end scene where they're in the house and the birds are attacking, the attic scene. Those were great. But I guess it was really just the pacing of the movie, like I had said, where if they had separated both It was 200, aspects. Two, 
What two, two, two hours, hours, two hours long. Yeah. but two hundred. I don't really. Long. I don't really think it's a matter of building the tension because those parts I think were fine. That wasn't really my gripe with it, but it's that along with the. I guess. I, I another thing too. I don't mind if movies don't explain and give you exposition for every little thing, but. There's nothing in this movie. They don't say why the birds are attacking. Why? There's no ending to the movie. They're literally just like, okay, well, the birds stopped, but they're going to start in a little bit. And then they're like, well, get her in the car. I know that they made a sequel, but I know that the sequel was absolute shit that came out in the 90s. So disregarding that completely. Somebody made a sequel. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, to a degree, I'm fine with they're not them not explaining things, leaving it open to the audience. But, but you don't know the beginning, you don't there's know how nothing it started, and this, you don't know where it's going. It's literally just, here's a love story for an hour, where every once in a while a bird will fly into the scene. And you're like, alright, well I know that the birds are going to attack later, but watch this love story for an hour. And then every once in a while somebody gets attacked, and then there's an ambush, but there's no why the birds are attacking, what they're where they're going after this. I feel it's like just it kind focused of um... I, I thought that the focus on the mother was really strange. Well, we talked about that before. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I just can't get over it. <laughs> like, you straight up, like, right? Because that's what Anne was saying That's the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. She was saying, she's like, oh, yeah, we were in a relationship, but his mom didn't like me. Yeah. So he broke up with me. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think I referred to him when we watched the movie as Norman Bates 2.0. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but. Okay. I, I feel like what we have with this movie, in my opinion, I'm not saying everybody has to agree, obviously, because opinions are opinions, but I feel like there's a movie that was artistically done well, but it's like a, a bunch of things that were done well put together to make a final product that, that I... That wasn't so well. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel the same way. I, I don't know. Like, I... I, I understand that this movie isn't perfect. I understand that there's definitely flaws, but I mean, I think visually it's it's beautiful. I think that it was made really well. Does the story see the story seems a little forced, but it's nothing that majorly takes anything away from me. I'm gonna say this. I've watched a ton of Hitchcock movies. This is probably one of my least favorite that he's done, and that's not just including his horror movies. I'm talking about like his old fucking spy movies, like anything. If this you is were probably, to do a top five of Hitchcock films, what would be on your top five? Um, obviously, Psycho. I really liked Strangers in a Train. Um, Vertigo was good. Rear Window and North by Northwest. It's pretty I solid. Really like, I, I really I like that one. Were you half expecting him to be like, um, Psycho? If you're such a fan, name five of his... Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'd, I'd say... I really uh, like... My, um, my list is pretty much the same as yours. Except instead of uh, rear window, I would pick rope. Rope is good too. I would, yeah. um, I would maybe even replace North by Northwest with really Dial M for Murder. murder. I really like Dial M for Murder, and it kind of good. It depends on the mood because the he he does make very different movies. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I, I'd like to see his rom com. <laughs> you almost had it with the birds, but... <laughs> We're halfway there, Hitchcock. Halfway to the so rom-com. Close. But... Every once in a while, I just gotta watch a rom-com. <laughs> Every once in a while. You guys want to get into ratings for the birds? I'm kind of curious to see what everybody rates it, because I feel like we're all kind of all okay. over. Yeah. Larry, you go first. 
I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay, that was easy. <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, a really solid picture. Uh, I really enjoyed the interpersonal relationships with all of the characters. I felt that where they probably could have tightened it up a little bit, that the the creation of these relationships ultimately played out whether or not you cared what happened to them. Um, you know, Suzanne Plachette's character is kind of a throwaway character in any other fucking horror movie. But because you got this backstory with her and Mitch and, you know, every place that that goes, when she does ultimately sacrifice herself for, um, you know, what was it, Charlotte? Or I, she went through this whole ordeal trying to figure out who, what her, what his sister's name was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy. But uh, when she ultimately... What was it? Kathy. You're right. Yeah. Um, but when she does that and, you know, Kathy is, you know, in the house and, you know, they discover her body and then they, you know, Kathy's able to break down, which, by the way, um, it's Veronica Cartwright who plays Kathy. She's become, you know, a refined actress in her own respect as well. She's... Uh, the one thing that I have covered on Creature Features that I know for a fact she was in was Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, but she's been in a ton of fucking movies since this movie. And, you know, started really, really early on. She was 12 years old when they were making this movie. She turned 13 while they were filming it. They actually did a birthday party for her, and Tippi Hedren did buy her lovebirds. Uh, oh, really? But, yeah. Uh, but I, I just... I really loved the relationships. I loved the explanation of the relationships and the reasons uh, that uh, the mother gives as to why she's she acts the way that she does. Uh, specifically, was because you know her husband had died and she felt vulnerable, so she acted and kind of reacted to things because she was afraid because she didn't have that strength, that that comfort of you know being safe, and ultimately. You know, Mitch became the de facto husband in this relationship, which is very much reminiscent of Psycho in the sense that, you know, she is, you know, replacing her husband with her son. Mm -hmm. Which is really creepy and, you know, uh, paging Dr. Freud. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it just, the, the film really works to me. I, you know, I do get that. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but in my personal opinion, I think that a lot of the stuff that happens is necessary for you to get to the point where birds can be scary. And, you know, you have to be invested in the people that these things are happening to. Uh, but there's also the stuff where, like, the, the, the door is being chipped away at by mm-hmm. the birds. Like, that kind of shit, the small shit, really fucking works. And they... They punctuate these these kind of uh, what did he refer to them as pictures of people talking. I believe is what Hitchcock referred to them as uh, with these really just kind of remarkable technical achievements, especially for being filmed in 1963. So I, I just I automatically give it an eight. Okay. Who's next? You are, Siri. I'm next. Um. Hmm. I'm going to give it a 7.8 because I can agree with Larry. 
Why can't you? Why can't you agree with Larry? He's not Stephen. You can agree with Larry, not Stephen. I'm allowed to agree with Larry and not Stephen. I'm not allowing you to do anything. I'm playing by what South Town Zero. What I think you're now it's definitely staying at seven point eight. Fuck you, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking bring up that shit around me. (laughs) Sunshine on my face. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'll give it a 7.8. I think that the movie was really solid. Um, I wish that there was a better reason, or at least a reason, for what happened. And I think that that would, that would bring it up a lot for me, is knowing what caused the birds to want to eat people. Maybe they were just hungry. I almost thought we were going to get it at one point. I haven't watched this movie in a long time, so I, I didn't really remember everything about it. Um I think last time I watched it was in, like, Miss Collins' class in high school. We had a mystery and suspense class in high school where we went and we literally just watched, like, old horror movies (laughs) and mystery movies. It was fucking awesome. And read, like, Sherlock Holmes all the time. uh, (laughs) But when the birds are trying to get in to the house and Kathy's like, oh, I think I'm going to be sick and she throws up, I almost thought maybe, like... It was something with the kids. Yeah, I thought... Like, they sensed a disease or something, because they attacked the school children, too. So I was like, maybe it's something like that. That would be interesting, There but you go, Dylan. We make the birds and give a reason. And then I'll, I'll get shit on for you. making a reason, because I'll be like, one of the things that made it a classic was that there was no reason. Okay. <laughs> and Dylan, you can also uh, attribute it to uh, radio signal. I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I worked as a truck driver for a while, and the CB radios that all trucks have when when you're driving cross country they have a strong radio signal and it will throw off the birds um inner birds who are hungry <laughs> and, they and then Larry pulls out his little FM pocket radio and goes be gone <laughs> Larry yeah. I just pictured you recording creatures features in, on the CB radio in, in a truck like just talking to other truckers but doing an episode <laughs> of creatures features that's what I just pictured that would be legit can you do that 10-4 fellow insomniacs <laughs> Larry I'll get a CB radio gonna, and we can talk back and forth when we remake Psycho 2 we're gonna remake the birds also yeah. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't put this in my top five Hitchcock movies, but I I see artistically where some things were really great. Um, the acting, uh, like we had all said, nothing bad on that. Um, there was really creepy imagery. The fucking attic scene where she shines the light and the birds just come at her. The pecking at the door, I don't know what, that just was such a fucking effective scene. And the school scene was really good. Um, that being said, I think it was a little long. I think that it could be split into two totally separate different movies. Um, pacing maybe a little bit could be worked on, but it's not a bad movie by any means. I'd probably give it like a I'm going to be the Sierra this week, aren't I? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
it just didn't do it for me. I don't know. I it, there are definitely really good aspects to this movie, and I'm not. I didn't totally hate on it. Um, I, I think that the acting was great. I think that the filming was really great, and I, it it's a classic movie. And I think that that's why I I appreciate it. And I don't know if that's like if that's necessarily a good thing. Like I I went into it wanting to appreciate it for more than it is. Um, but I think that ultimately what it boils down to is my appreciation for it is more so because it's a classic film and not so much because it's well done. Um, like you said, the filming was great and the acting's great. I just, I, the story for me was what really, really got it. I, I love solid stories and I like when there's an ending and you, you have a a reason for things. And I, I know that that's not really what was intended, but it just, it was hard for me to really like get into and be like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. So I'm going to come in with just a six. Okay. That gives it an average of a seven, just a seven. So. You gonna? I'm waiting for Larry because I don't think Larry feels that that's fair. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not even mad at it. Like, okay. I, I honestly thought that was solid. He and, and, I'm, and I'm not conceding like Stephen conceded for Fulci, uh, which by <laughs> oh the way, oh my god, I just I feel like I feel like Stevens. I feel like we. I feel like Steven felt like we just we just fucking stabbed him right in the back on that one. We punched his mom in the face. Uh-huh. He, he gives you that fucking defeated look like, why? Uh-huh. Uh, I loved that episode, by the way, you guys. I thought that that was a really fucking solid one. I don't know why I just did this. Um, and I like that I'm a horror dude. That, 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 I felt all special. <laughs> We have to get you on when we do the Giallo's episode. I yeah. do. I really want to fucking watch Don't Torture a Duckling. Yes. Yeah. It's if been you on guys my radar for a while. On for the Pulchi Giallo's, I will. I will think it is a personal attack. I, I kind of want to get Sierra on just to see see her and Steven. I really Duke like fighting with Steven. So that'll that'll be the match of the century on pay per view coming to you. <laughs> Stop them, boppers. It's a hundred bucks a fight, though, guys. I'd pay it. I'd pay that. I I will. I think I'll win, though. I feel like you probably you have five guys, fucking four brothers. If you can't fight him and win, I could what was your childhood for? I could definitely put him in a sleeper hold. People's elbow. The pe- the I will. Table. I will. People elbow him all day long. I don't care. Larry, where can people find you? <laughs> oh, we rented that. We oh, did. God, we had a family cool family uh, gathering. Yeah, we had all the Sawyers over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, and then I had a mental breakdown after everybody left because my house was so trash. And I was like, I gotta clean. Do you know that's I? I've been I refer to you to collectively. You guys are the Sawyers, like you that, and your brothers. That's a, that's an honor. Thank you. You're welcome. But that's how we I do, I've been referring like to, do, to you. We do like to do chili cook-offs, so. <laughs> Wing cook-offs. Wing cook-offs. I'm telling you, dude. My dad Those does are... make killer chick chili, though. Like, he makes the best fucking chili ever. Dylan doesn't eat chili. Dylan doesn't eat shit. Did you know that, Larry? Okay, all right. Dylan doesn't <laughs> like food. There's something fucking wrong with him. I can tell. He's fu- It's disgusting. I chicken wing. Chicken like nuggets. He's a very uh, thin fellow. Oh, no. I eat a lot of junk. <laughs> he, eats, but... he eats nothing but, like, salt and sugar. That's it. 
Fucking just by the bags. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's I like Cockroach Man off Men in Black. <laughs> exactly. More sugar. More sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Larry, where can people find you, and what do you got going on on your show? Uh, well, this week I actually have Big D on the show <laughs> with me. Uh, we are going to be uh, discussing Psycho Two as part of the uh, March Madness theme. March Madness, I talk about. You know, movies with crazy or something psychotic in the title. Uh, last week's episode, Schizoid, actually touched on some of the stuff that we touched on this week, where we were talking about separating the artist from the work because Klaus Kinski, who I think is a fucking douchebag, raped his daughter repeatedly, and there's an overlying uh, molesty feel to Schizoid. Not for nothing. If you want to hear me talk more about that, listen to that episode. If you want to hear me and Big D talk a little bit more in uh, Hitchcock adjacent, I guess is a good way to put that. Uh, definitely you. listen to the Psycho 2 episode. And uh, I have a couple of interviews. Uh, until they're uh, finalized and set in stone, I will not name them, but I think Big D will love one of them. And, uh, you know, if if you haven't heard, definitely go listen to my interview with Eileen Dietz and Victor Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find us on Facebook. Wait, did you... I had to walk away for a second. Did you say, like, Creature Features, Facebook? Oh, no. You can, yeah. you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash CreaturePod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CreaturePod. I, I was plugging the actual shows. Um, but, you know, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Creature Features Podcast. Get on it. And you're also doing a giveaway. Yeah, uh, for Psycho 2, if you go on to iTunes or Stitcher, you write a review of the show, you send it to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash creature pod. Um, I will pick the one that I like the most. It is a popularity contest. <laughs> and the more you kiss my ass, the better chances you are of getting I'm gonna it. I'm going to win. I'm about you to win this shit. Fuck you, Psycho Erica, I'm winning. DVD signed by me, Chunky Larry. <laughs> I want a picture of you signed. What? <laughs> you want a picture of me signed? Yeah. Can, yeah. But I, I want you, me. I want you, like... You have to be wearing an authentic Ric Flair robe. No. And if not, then we don't want No, me. I want you to wear the head of Elmo, but what just normal clothes. What if laying across Elmo's costume body? Okay, that's perfect. And then you gotta sign it, and but you want I want it personalized. As long as there's not a dick in the picture, I'm okay with it. Yeah, oh, no, I'll hang no, it on my wall. No dicks. Okay. Just Elmo. No Johnsons. No Johnsons. (laughs) That's on his Patreon. No Johnsons. (laughs) I'm not donating that high. (laughs) Top top tier Patreon gets dick pics. You're welcome. That's why I don't have a Patreon, because all of my fucking rewards would be dick pics. That's it. You gotta gotta dress it up like different killers. Like, get masks for it. We we had this conversation on the Chucky episode. I got a really rad fucking Jason Voorhees dick pic that I've been waiting for somebody to post. I'll I'll sign it. Top tier Patreon. You're getting the Voorhees guy. No, you gotta, what you gotta do is you gotta sell them and like, not... Not let them know what killer you are. Like it's a surprise every every dick pic. Gonna guess the killer, killer cock. A newsletter. <laughs> a month, no, a monthly subscription. Killer cock. Oh my quarterly. god! Make a calendar. 
Oh shit! Oh my god, that is a million dollar idea. Make we need count. to get all of our friends together. Uh, <laughs> Twelve months horror inspired dick calendar. I'm making it. I don't think it. No. Somebody will buy it. Yeah. You know people would buy Not it. Me. Fucking February. We just can't tell them. It's it's. You have to guess whose penis it is, and if you guess correctly, you get a special prize. Like a cracker jack. Well, like. Buy Cracker Jack and just send them whatever's in the we'll Cracker send, Jack box. We'll send you a prize. Do they still put prizes in the Cracker Jack boxes? Why not? They're probably too scared kids are going to choke. Chick prizes now. It's like a tattoo. That's <laughs> perfect. That's all we need. Yeah, especially if they're dick pics. <laughs> dick pics! If I got dick pics in my Cracker Jacks, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I'd make people rate them. Happy. One to ten on this dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> if I got a dick pic fucking an unsolicited dick pic tattoo in my cracker jack. <laughs> like, there is okay, there's a girl who she any like unsolicited dick pic that she gets, she photoshops them. And uh she like she makes like greeting cards and then like I she Facebook fucking stalks these guys and sends them to their house. Jesus Christ. Wait, like, their own d- dick photoshopped as something else. She'll, like, send wait, it back Wait, people just send her pictures of their penis, like, for no reason? Well, yeah. That's a thing, Sierra. That is a thing, Sierra. What? It's 2018. It's, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so off the topic of dick pics, if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast, <laughs> or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. We do not have a Patreon of dick pics, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but... <laughs> You no can tune Tinder in either. Sorry, guys. You can tune in next week. Where <laughs> Will you I'm, match with the Horror Haven crew? We'll take you on a date. You can tune in next week where we'll be covering Silence of the Lambs. So I'm sure we'll talk about dicks being tucked or some sort of dick talk. Oh, that's yes! be so, and if, you, if you're here for the dicks, you know, tune in next week. You'll get There's a little bit be more. There's a lot of sexual, I feel like, lots of sexual talk in that episode. This week was about the Hitchcock. Next week is about the dicks. So. The dicks. Yeah. Who would balls and people on Hitchcock this week? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Hitchcock. Off no. Alright. Alright. Have a good night, guys. Good night, guys. <laughs> You're out. <laughs>